Well, I was, I was reading a story the other day that Adam was hanging out in the Garden of Eden, and um, he was a little distraught, a little bummed out, feeling a little down, feeling a little lonely, and, and God said, Adam, what's, what's wrong with you? What, what's going on? And Adam said, you know what, man, I'm, I'm just lonely, God. I, you know, I like talking to you, and I like hanging out with you, but, but there's got to be something more. And so God said, you know, Adam, I'm going to make you a companion that is called a woman. And he said, she's going to be the most beautiful woman that you've ever laid eyes on since the creation of time. And Adam, she will cook the food that you all gather. And when you discover clothing, Adam, she'll wash those clothes and iron those clothes for you. You won't have to do anything. And, and she'll always agree with you, Adam, with every decision that you make. Now, what are you laughing? Is And she'll never nag at you, Adam. And she'll always be first to admit that she was wrong if you got into a disagreement. And when you have babies, Adam, she will get up in the middle of the night so you can sleep and get rest. And she'll take care, care of the babies. And, and Adam, she'll never have a headache. And Adam said, God, how much is that woman going to cost me? God thought for a moment, he said, Adam, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. And Adam said, well, God, what can I get for a rib? <laughs> Everybody say rhythm. Man, we are starting a new series that is the rhythm of life. And, and it's learning to get in God's rhythm of life for you so that you can begin to live in fulfillment. And, and when you get into God's rhythm, you won't battle with depression. You won't battle with anxiety. You won't battle with certain things that a lot of times we battle. And you get into a rhythm, you'll begin to see your business and your career take off. You'll begin to see your family take off, all those things. And, and so we're launching this series because life has a rhythm and love has a rhythm. And Christianity, when you give your hearts to Christ, it has a rhythm. And so we have to ask ourselves, how do I get my life into this rhythm that God has for me. Not balance, because balance is different than rhythm. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible because it really starts unpacking it perfectly. It says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Think about it. It's not easy to hear a heartbeat. One has to be close. One has to put away the noises and distractions of life, draw near and sense the pulsing rhythm of God's heart. So when you find and experience Jesus, you find more than just love in your life. You realize that God's love is a powerful moment when you discover it in an amazing way. And, and it's a perfect love. But you receive more than just love. You received a life-altering love that gives you the ability to walk in the rhythm. Everybody say rhythm. The rhythm of God. Rhythm is indispensable when it comes to understanding and living God's purpose and destiny and, and reason for your life. And walking with God comes with a rhythm for living your life to the fullest extent. And you don't attempt to find that rhythm 
stride by yourself. Because when we start looking to try to get into stride, we may have momentary satisfaction, but yet in the end, there's trouble that happens. And we search worldly places and possessions. And once we travel to a certain thing or attain a certain possession, then we're always waiting for the next location, the next opportunity. And and when we seek personal achievements, we never arrive at personal achievements thinking, if I hit this, then there's got to be the, the finality of it. But there's always something more. And why do we search all these things for only a rhythm that God can give? Only a tempo that God can give. Psalm 37, verse 23 and 24 says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. And I love this part here. Though they stumble, they will never fall. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by their hand. Everybody say rhythm. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you. Lord, I pray for my friend Tom right now, who's batting a disease, and he's watching online, and we speak to those blockages, and we say released, and we say everything has to return. We, we, we say those, those cells have to die, and new cells come. Lord, we pray for Gina right now who comes to second service. She can't come if she had a heart attack. She lays in a hospital bed like Tom is laying in a hospital bed. And we speak Ezekiel 36, 26 to her heart father. Lord, we speak to Kyle right now in the name of Jesus. And, and Lord, he's going to breathe properly. The very breath of God, breathe into those. And, and Lord, that this afternoon that your resurrection power will flow in those three people plus more, Father. And Father, those, their body will get back into the rhythm that you created for us. Father, I ask for Easter miracle this afternoon in those three lives who touch my life in a special way. Lord, minister to each person. Lord, where we're out of rhythm, let us get into rhythm. In Jesus' name. Everybody said. Everybody say rhythm. So to understand the rhythm of God and understand my joke, I just didn't say it. There is a reason that I said it. We go to Genesis chapter 2 verses 18 through, verses 18 through 22 because it begins to identify God's rhythm that, that God made Adam a wife named Eve and, and she became his helper. And so the very beginning we begin to see this rhythm of life that God has for us. And so in verse 18 it said, then the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is, just, who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But there was still no helper just right for him. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord took out one of the man's ribs. And closed up the opening. Then the Lord made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. It's interesting because rarely do you find, or maybe this is the first time that you find in the Bible, where God says something is not good. He said it's not good for man to be alone. 
And it's not a universal statement that we can apply to any and all lifestyles, but loneliness is not good for you. Loneliness is not good for you. Even if you are surrounded by thousands of people, a lot of you can identify that you can be surrounded by all kinds of people. They can be talking. They can be chatting. You can be going out, but you still feel alone. Amen? You feel that sting, that bitter sting of loneliness. See, there's alone and then there's loneliness, which is two different things. If you are alone, you can learn how to be content in the things of God. If you are alone, you learn to hear the still voice of God. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. But loneliness is not the result of being alone, but it's not letting God fill that missing void in your life. For example, married people know that you can be married and still have a void in your life. Parents know you can have children and grandchildren, but yet there's still something missing in your life. Because no other person can fill that emptiness that plagues our soul. And that's what Easter is all about. It's allowing Jesus to fill that void. Not putting pressure on anybody else to fill that void in our life. Fulfillment is the job of Almighty God. Submission is our job as a Christian. And we must get into a rhythm. Everybody say rhythm. Rhythm of submission to God. When God said it was not good for Adam to be alone, he was talking, think about it. He was already talking to a man who was walking with God and talking with God and trusting God. It wasn't a guy that was out of the will of God. And if you read the preceding verses, you see that Adam, he was doing the will of God for his life. He was tending, he was cultivating, he was watching over the garden before Eve was ever on the scene. And I got thinking about that, that Adam was called to do something before he was given someone. That Adam was called to do something before he was given someone. That Adam had a calling before he had a companion. And it reveals a particular rhythm when it comes to our search for love and relationships in our life. Whether single or married, you have a calling before you have a companion. So when you get married to your companion, suddenly your two callings become one. That's what's called unity. That's why God talks about that, that marriage is such a beautiful picture. A natural picture of what it is when we come into a relationship, an intimate personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So, Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through to 22, reveals four steps that I want to talk about in probably about the next 10 minutes of rhythm for our lives. Everybody say rhythm. It's a rhythm in which God calls for his people to know and to trust him, which results in faith. And the first rhythm of life that you need to know is God brings you what is next. God brings you. What is next? That teaches us patience. Genesis chapter 2, verse 19. We see that God brought the animals to Adam. So Adam could name the animals. God made a promise that he would bring him a helper, but he first brought him the process of naming the animals. Don't miss that because it's significant in the messages that are coming that we have to learn to unpack our baggage in our life so we're not bringing the baggage into the future relationships that Christ has for us. Therefore, have an unhealthy rhythm that we've always had and we can't figure out how to break that unhealthy rhythm and then we just repeat a cyclical pattern we don't want to repeat. So God said, you name the animals. In Adam's mind, he might have been looking for a helpmate, but we all know that he wasn't going to find her among the animal kingdom. Amen? Here's the key. Promises from God are almost always followed by a process from God. 
promises from God are almost always followed by a process from God. The season of the process tests us in life and faith and tests us in how we receive and act towards God's love. See, we want everything immediate. We want to have it what we need when we think we need it. But life with God means trusting God that his timing is always perfect, and that's called faith. And then we see that God also brought Eve to Adam. Adam did not force the situation. Adam did not become impatient. But he allowed God to bring him whatever was next in his life. Adam allowed God to be God. And what a powerful truth. That we allow God to be God in our lives. And this Easter season, I want you to realize the one thing is that you are loved with a relentless, perfect love from Jesus Christ. This Easter, I want you to realize it's another thing to let that love of God rule your life and rule your heart and rule your mind. See, God brought the promise and the process to Adam. And he'll do the same for you before you get the promotion in your life. This is a piece of God's rhythm that you can't ignore. God will bring you what you need next. Promise, process, promotion. Promise, process, promotion. The second rhythm that we see is God lets you name it. This is big right here. When God brought the animals to Adam in verse 19 and 20... He said, Adam, I want you to name the animals. Why? Because if you look earlier, it says, God says you are to rule and reign and have dominion and authority in this earth as a human being. So by him naming the animals, he was exercising the dominion that God gave him. And whatever that animal is named, that's what it's called. Everybody say rhythm. So God brings what is next into your life and he allows you to name it whatever it is in front of you. See, the problem with us in Christianity is we, oh, dear God, please send me this new job. Please send me this career. And then we get the career, and we say, thank you, God, for the career. But then they want you to work a little bit of overtime because you're on salary and not hourly, or it interferes with your habits and your things. And now you call that job that was once an answer of prayer. Now you hate that job. Come on. How many of y'all have said, oh, thank you, God, for the job. I hate this job. <laughs> God brought you a process, but you called it a storm. Verse saying, you know, Lord, when I get through this storm, then I will thank you for the promotion. See, the problem is God brought you a season to be alone with God and find contentment with God. But you call it loneliness and depression. You've got to learn to rename some things in your life. Because whatever you call it, that's what it is. The Bible says the power of life and death is in your tongue, therefore speak life. You have dominion and authority to name the situations as they should be. This Easter, you need to let some things die, and you need to let some other things res resurrect. You need to go back and take inventory of your life and rename some things. You need to say, I am blessed and not cursed. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I am, I am strong and not weak. I am highly favored and blessed. Everybody say rhythm. See, what are you speaking 
rhythm out of your life? Are you speaking the word of God? My friend Tom, we've been speaking that. He sent me a text this morning. He said, Vic, I can't make it today. I should get out of the hospital tomorrow, but I'll see you soon. He's speaking that life. He's speaking that, that he's going to be healed. He's speaking that he is made whole. See, you got to call that season of trial and rename it a season of development. You got to call what's cursed and call it blessed, Romans 8, 28. Maybe you've named God's love as something you run to when things get difficult. But you've not named it, Matthew 6.33, the top priority in your life. See, you name it. You speak authority to it. You have the authority to speak into your life, past, present, and future. Because of his resurrection power that's available that you can celebrate this hour. Speak health into your body. Speak the love of God flowing through your life. Speak a new thing. Speak a better thing. Speak abundance in your household. Speak restoration and peace will come into your family. Speak life where there is death. Speak the authority of God's word and then trust God to come through. It's part of rhythm. Everybody say rhythm. See, it's living in that life of faith and trust and hope that, okay, God, I have hope for a better tomorrow. And when tomorrow comes, I have faith. And Lord, I have faith because I trust you. And Lord, that if you give me a promise, then you'll provide a process. And then all of a sudden, there will be a promotion. The third thing of the rhythm of life is God is working on it. Think about it. God brought Adam what was next. He allowed him to name it. And then he went into a deep sleep. And Adam slept through the first surgery that took place in the Bible. It's interesting. This is the first surgery. Verse 21. And what an encouraging thought. And it's so true today. As you lay your head on your pillow tonight, as you go to sleep, I want you to understand that God is, if you are born again, you've asked Jesus in your heart, then God is working in your behalf. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Didn't say all things were good. Said God will work all things together for our good. Everybody say rhythm. Even when you're not thinking of God, God is thinking of you. Even when you're unfaithful to God, God is faithful to you. God is always doing more than we can think or imagine or ask, Ephesians 3.20 says. That is the rhythm that God does not want you to let go of today. He is working all things out. And in the end, it will turn out for your good. But you got to trust in his love and you got to trust in his presence because he's got this rhythm, death, burial, resurrection, death, burial, resurrection, promise, process, promotion, all those things are a process that God has for your life. He'll give you a promise. Then he'll give you a principle. Then this is the process of the principle that's based there, ultimately to give you the promotion in life. Rhythm of life, the last thing, is God extracts purpose from your pain. Friday pain. Saturday process. Sunday purpose. It's what we're celebrating today. See, once God was done extracting the rib from Adam, see, most of us would be thinking... Man, why is my side sore? What happened to me? Man, one of my ribs are gone. There's something missing. And I don't know if in the perfect environment, because at that point Adam and Eve hadn't messed up, if, if, if Adam didn't even feel pain, but I'm sure he had to notice something's missing. 
Because see, often after God has done working on us, he'll remove from something within us. And typically, he removes something within us and wants to replace it with something better and more Christ-like for it to manifest in our lives. See, that's what I love about water baptism. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. Then the next step is water baptism. See, confess, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. That's internal, that's, that's vertical. But water baptism, the rhythm is I need to let other people know that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ that's in my heart. It's water baptism. Next week is a baptism blowout. We don't care. If you, it's not about joining a church. It's about going public with your faith in Jesus Christ. The rhythm is believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. And so if you're interested in being water baptized, take one of those connect cards, fill it out at the end, drop it off here at the altar in the black boxes when you leave, and, and we'll get you prepped for next week for water baptism. But what I want you to follow me is when God extracts something from us, most of the time we'll experience pain. Example, when a long relationship is removed, when bad habits are cut away, it's because it was part of us. And it's being surgically removed. And God must cut some things away from us to move forward. When Adam may have been wondering what happened to him, the Bible says God brought the woman to Adam. Adam was not so caught. Now catch, don't miss this. Adam was not so much caught up like the disciples were when they lost Jesus that he missed what God brought. How do we get stuck on what we don't have? How do we get so stuck on what we've lost? Because instead of trusting God, we'll be faithful to complete the good work he started in us, the Bible says. And maybe, maybe we don't have what we want because it's not what we need. Just because you see God working in somebody else's life doesn't mean he's forgot about you. See, he may be working in their life, but he may be something, working out something in your life. So, for example, all of us know somebody that needs Jesus. Amen? Amen? We know somebody that needs to experience the presence and the power of Jesus. Well, one of the things that we want to do over the next day, 90 days is create a culture of invite. This flyer that you received with Dan Meyer, Dan Meyer's got 12 Guinness World Records. He uh, has been a semifinalist in America's Got Talent Australia. Um, Finland got talent. America's Got Talent Australia got talent all over. He number two on one of the most TED-talked videos ever. He's got a PhD from Harvard. He's coming in and he swallows swords. Okay. But this flyer is not to go in your filing cabinet called a Bible. This flyer is not for you to hang on your refrigerator to remind you because you should know. But this flyer is for you to invite someone who needs to know the presence and the power of Jesus. Amen? So be creative. I don't care what you do. When you go out today, leave it on the table. Roll it up in the toilet paper. And when somebody unrolls it, it'll pop out at them. Whatever. <laughs> Put it on your neighbor's doorstep. <clears throat> but invite somebody. Why? Because it gets you into a rhythm. You've got to get into a rhythm of inviting. Mother's Day, we're going to be inviting people. Father's Day, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase will be here. We're inviting people. We're trying to create a 90-day momentum where people can experience the presence and the power of Christ. So as I close, as I close, when God removes something out of your life, it's for a purpose. For Adam, the purpose was Eve. 
That was the purpose. When God took the rib out of his life, he put the purpose of Eve. And even though taking the rib out would be a painful procedure, the promise went above the pain and made the pain worth it in the end. When we go through pain, don't miss this, folks. When we go through pain, God uses it for purpose. A lot of you are here today because we've prayed for you today. And God's using it as a purpose because out of Adam's side came his bride, Eve, the mother of his children. When Jesus was on the cross, the final thing that the soldier did was stab his side with a spear. And the Bible says blood and water flowed out of Jesus' side, completely emptying him out of everything. So just like Eve was extracted from the side of Adam, salvation for you and all of humanity was extracted from the side of Jesus. Jesus endured extreme pain for you. And when we get ready to close out this song, Homecoming, we just want to welcome you home to the body of Christ, the family of God. And so we're going to sing this song one more time. And I just want you to, I just want you to worship. just want you to meditate and pause about if you died right now, do you know where you'd go? And then I'll come back up and, and close this out. Stand with us. Let's all sing this song.
ask yourself this question. Is my light shining or is it covered up by my past? Am I blinded by my yesterday? God can give you a brand new start and you can begin to be a light to the world. But you have to just say, Lord, I surrender my, my past to you. I surrender my heart. Very simple. All you got to do is say, Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Please forgive me where I've sinned and made mistakes. In Jesus, I receive my brand new start. And in that moment, when you pray, you believe in your heart, and you confess with your mouth that simple prayer, however you say it, then all the angels in heaven are shouting your name. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Nobody can take you out of the hand of God except you can walk out. And then God will launch you into this incredible fulfillment. And by simply saying, Jesus, come into my heart, that'll be the first void that he'll fill. And then Jesus said, I'll send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will be your comforter. He'll be your guide. He'll be your advocate. He'll be your counselor. He'll be your best friend to help you do life on this earth. 
until we get to heaven. So if that's you and you prayed that prayer, fill out that connect card, we just want to celebrate with you. Think about water baptism next week. You can message us, call the office, leave that card. We just need to know your shirt size and how many seats you need reserved. Because it's a perfect opportunity to invite. Father, I thank you for each person. I ask that you bless them and touch them. And for those who gave their hearts to Christ, we say welcome home. For those who have been gone for a while and decided to come back to church, Father, we say welcome home. Not just welcome home for, for this momentary time we're on earth, but, but welcome home for eternity, Father. Father, you placed eternity in our hearts. Father, we thank you for this Easter. Father, I ask you keep everybody safe. Love them. Have an incredible next couple of days. In Jesus' name, amen.